The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wiltfong, and this this one feels kind of strange because I'm actually here with my Baron Bounce co-host, JB. And he's usually, you know, steering the ship here when it's the two of us talking. But today it's my show. And and so, so I want to say, JB, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. My hands are off the controls, so <laughs> I'm not going to do anything from, from here on. Uh, I am happy to be a, another a repeat guest on T-Formation Conversation. I, I know. The, the reason we're doing it this way is because I wasn't at camp today. I'll be at camp tomorrow and I'll be at camp on Saturday with you. But I wasn't at camp today, so I want to get your expert take on the kind of stuff you saw when you're at training camp today down in house hall but before we get into the stuff that happened on the field between the lines i gotta ask you how is the the overall vibe down there because last year it was at house hall but yeah there was excitement of justin fields but we all knew it was andy dalton the qb1 no matter what happened in camp it was dalton was going to be the guy fields the backup this year new vibe. So, so how was it from, from your perspective being in camp? Yeah, it was great. I, last year I felt like you know, the attendance was down because they really messed up the ticketing, right? If you remember, they had kind of the lottery system. A lot of people signed up for a bunch of days. They only got one day and then a lot of people just didn't go. You know, we tried on Twitter to help reallocate tickets, move some from people that couldn't use them into people that could. It just didn't happen enough to, yeah. to fill the stands. Today, stands were filled. Last year you had this sinking feeling that this wasn't going to work. You know, you, you just had some odd decisions by George McCaskey. You had uh, odd decisions by Matt Nagy. You know, Justin Fields wasn't getting reps, right? So last year just had this weird kind of like ho-hum feeling. This year, man, I mean, this is Justin Fields' team on the field, off the field. The, the crazy number of number one jerseys at at the at Hallis Hall today. I, I called it a, an army of one jerseys. I mean, it was just it was it was insane. I, I was standing uh, on the pathway and there were eight people, uh, eight young men, uh, young you know teenage kids, whatever, walking down the path. All of them had Bears jerseys on, and at some point they all kind of. Uh, I could see all eight of them at the same time. It was one, 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 one. The only difference was one of the guys had the away jersey. The other seven had the home jerseys. It was insanity. And every time Justin Fields did anything, there was this, you know, eyes glued on the field. Uh, you know, everybody's holding their breath. And then Trevor Simeon come in or Nathan Peterman come in and they just kind of look away and they do do something else. Like It was all about Justin Fields. They have a superstar. Can you imagine what will happen in this in, in this city if Justin Fields is good? 
Like exactly. Oh my God. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I'm pretty old. I've never seen a legitimate franchise quarterback for my favorite team in my life. You know, I mean, it's like, can you imagine Justin Fields if he actually lives up to the hype, if he lives up to all the potential? This town would go nuts for that guy. Yeah. And, and it's not just, it, it's driven by the younger generation. I, I mean, I, that was pretty clear, but the, the sense was all uh, shapes, sizes, ages, like age, everybody was just behind this, this young man. And so it's, it's very exciting to see what he can do and, and his presence on the field. He does look like he, he owns this team. He runs this team. So that's, it was that's good to what, see. That's what you want to see definitely out of your franchise quarterback. So, so let's get into the stuff on. Like I said, I want to bring you on because you were there today. Uh, you were at house all this morning. You took in the whole practice and Twitter was a buzz because Tevin Jenkins was not practicing. Now, was there anything going on there? Did you hear anything when you're at House Hall? I know there's some stuff came out after the fact, but like, what was your initial reaction when you heard that? No, Tevin Jenkins today. Yeah, sometimes you're you just don't see somebody, right? And so, and sometimes that's hard. You're like, oh, hey, there's uh, Showfield. Oh, hey, uh, you know, there's Riley Reef. That's good to see. Hey, Cody Whitehair is there. Yeah, Cody Whitehair looks pretty good, right? And so you're seeing these linemen all kind of line up, and uh, I was like. Where's where's Jenkins? Where is he? And yeah. he just he just didn't show up. He wasn't there. Again, there's a lot to try to take in in camp, um, but I didn't really find out exactly what was what was going on with Tevin Jenkins. So it just his his absence was notable, um, but it, it you know you move on. So, so it came out, I guess, at some point. Um, you know, I, I literally just got home minutes before we went live here so i was in the train commuting i was actually listening to our our new podcast while i was on the train uh making monsters with taylor doll and and, and, and dylan ryan that was a, a nice show so i didn't get a chance to go through too much bears news but i did see that apparently tevin jenkins woke up with something wrong uh, back stiffness you know that's of course the the twitter speculation who knows i mean this day and age if you wake up and you have a cold or, or some sort of stomach ache or something right away it's oh my god does he have covid let's be cautious let's get him tested so who knows what happened with him but you know they didn't they didn't they didn't act like it was a big deal so i'm assuming he's going to be fine um but he wasn't the only missing uh offensive lineman because also during the practice at some point uh brand new center lucas patrick exited what turned out to be a thumb injury uh so did you have a chance much to see patrick when he was in there did he look okay or was it just too quick to get a, to get a real feel for what he was like I, it was it was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Nicholas Moriano actually said, um, "Hey, I don't think Patrick's in there anymore." And I looked. I'm like, "Oh no, that's that's Kramer." And and I there was a a false start. Uh, they they hey get on the ball, get on the ball. It was like a, a you know a two minute drill kind of thing. They got on the ball. They went to snap it, and the center didn't snap it back. And I was like, "Oh, Lucas Patrick, you know that's yeah. on you, buddy." And then like. Two minutes later, realized that Patrick wasn't in there. And I was like, oh, that probably wasn't him. That was probably Kramer. And, and so he just kind of exited out of nowhere. I, we, we didn't really pick it up right away. It was, you know, we were following Twitter as well and saw saw a tweet from Brad Biggs who picked it up. And so uh, it wasn't it wasn't something that was it wasn't a notable, notable injury. You know, certainly it wasn't like the Ryan Jetson thing down in Tampa. So, oh, that's terrible. Um, yeah, exactly. So it, it's not like we had one of those situations. But, uh, you know, it, I, I did find it interesting that Kramer came in and it wasn't uh, sliding Mustafer over um, and getting another guard in for Mustafer. So uh, it was Kramer that that filled in with that number two. 
I was going to ask you about that because in the years past, as Bears fans, we've seen the Bears do a, an O-line shuffle, whether it's with the white hair going from guard to center, center to guard, or whatever it was, or, or or guys kicking inside. So, like you, I thought it was interesting that they that Doug Kramer was the next man up. You know, I mean, there is some more experienced guards in the roster. You saw, I, I was thinking when I first saw the, the news about Patrick that it was going to be must for kicking over. So maybe this tells us that they view – Doug Kramer as more of the center of the future. Yeah, I certainly could be. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell without the pads on. That's always yeah. my caveat with anything O-line related. It's that, uh, you know, you don't, you can't really tell. They did keep the same lineup from OTAs. It looked like the same guys that we were uh, hearing about from, from the OTAs where you had, you know, Braxton Jones with the first team, things like that. That won't last forever. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be Riley Reef's position. Obviously when he rounds into shape and understanding where, where the, the, the play calls are at, but good to see a young guy get the, get those opportunities. Um, but it's, it's really tough to tell without pads on, you know, it's just, it's just more of noting who's in with who, like who who's playing when Justin uh, Fields is taking snaps and when they say twos, you know, what does that do and, and changing things out. But it was pretty much what uh, the OTAs had, had delivered to us in terms of information. Oh, you're, do you meet yourself? So, so, so my, my idiotic dog is nonstop barking downstairs. Right now. <laughs> I don't want it to come through when I'm, when I'm on the pod here. So, but, but anyway, that brings us to some thoughts on the old line. Like you said, you know, there's no pads, right? There's nothing going on here. I mean, they're basically shells. They're in shorts. You know, the, the, the pass pro, you get a little better feel because you're doing something, but you know, you can't really tell what's going on here as far as there's no run block and there's no drive block and there's no combo block and there's no physicality. So it's hard to get a sense in the, on the old line, but, but like you said, you know, it was the same, basically the same group. Uh, it was reef at left tackle a little bit, but Braxton Jones, they get to start today. I saw correct. Yep. Correct. Now, now, Going forward, we we all think that's going to be Reef's going to be the left tackle there, okay. And then it was it was Borum on the right side with Jenkins gone. It was obviously Borum. Did they work anyone else in at that spot at right tackle that you saw? Uh, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. I'm sure they did. I mean there was there was a full two lines, so I'm sure that they were working somebody else. But again, lot to take in at camp. It would yes, be great definitely. if I could take in everything <laughs> at once. Uh, I was trying to give a little bit more uh, time to the wide receivers and the DBs given. Uh, that's another, you know, interesting piece of piece of all this. And you can tell maybe a little bit more on those reps because uh, those reps aren't going to change that much when the pads come on. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all assuming if Jenkins is fine, he'll be in the mix at right tackle. Uh, the newcomer Schofield will be in the mix at right guard. You know, just uh, it's going to be fun to watch these guys. Now, the first padded practice is not till I believe next week, correct? So, so tomorrow and then Saturday when we're there, still it's going to be shorts and shells. Yeah, that's, and it's unfortunate for two guys like us who would like to watch some yes. of the line play, but I, I'm, I'm trying to force myself to enjoy the other parts of the game, the seven-on-seven seven piece. So that's what I'm. That's what I focused on today. I took notes during seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, it's a weird universe, you know, for linemen to watch seven-on-seven because seven, it's like we're the big guys. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying. I'm trying my best. So with no physicality, with with no hitting, you know, we're going to see these guys get worked condition wise. And and we saw that today. The 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 Matt Eberflus hits philosophy, of course, stands for hustle, intensity, takeaways and playing smarts. And we saw the hustle part of that stand out today because Coach Flus was on some guys for not hustling. Correct. Very early in practice, <laughs> there was there was a play where Eddie Jackson just 
just didn't hustle and and he got called out and he got called out specifically and it was you know something to the effect of that's not full speed run run and uh do it again uh, i heard that multiple times nice. uh so that was fun to hear and you know i mean you know i think that that's a nice change of pace um and there was a little later on where where eddie got called out for not finishing a rep and so he had kind of an up and down day either he had a couple of standout plays and a couple of splash plays but you know he didn't have that 100 percent effort on every play which is what they're looking for here and and so that he got called out for it when and and i think that's what you like to see well it, it's a mentality it's a change in culture i mean this is the first practice for these these guys too yeah they had some otas but you know the intensity picks up as the offseason goes on and these coaches expect these guys now to be at that level the intense level yeah they're not hitting but they expect that you know at all times right now and it's if if the coach don't see it it's good that they're going to call him out but I, I, a lot of people on twitter right away say oh that's eddie jackson lazy he's learning too you know it's it's a culture change it's it's they're not used to this you know balls to the wall you know go all out every single rep you know where they're tracking loafs you know they're not used to this it's going to take them some time to get used to it but i think at at some point this, this will be the standard and that's that's the goal yeah and it, it does say something that you know coach Eberflus is going to be willing to go after an established veteran a guy that gets paid quite a bit and you know hold him accountable to the same level that he holds everybody else right and so there is probably some level of strategic uh, decision making there by the coach to say I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out by my stars. I'm going to call it out by my rookies and everybody in between. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, speaking of stars, I mean, Justin Fields, we talked about at the top of the show. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he, he's the guy that everyone wants to see. And, you know, he didn't have the best of days. I saw in, in, in your notes article, you had him tracked going uh, five for 10 uh, during one, one of one of the team sessions there. So, you know, but Fields to Mooney, that was on display a little bit today at practice. Yeah, I think Mooney looks good. I, I think that he went to him enough, but not over too much, right? Like I think you, know, oh, he, oh, he's just throwing to Mooney. Uh, you know, he a lot of Mooney routes were a little shorter today, and then he had one play over the middle of the field that was like star level play. I, I, I thought it was going to be a pick. I, I just, and then all of a sudden Mooney just comes into the frame, snatches it out of the air. I think I got a pretty good picture of it. And, and again, we can only take pictures uh, legally at practice. We're not allowed to take yeah. videos. Uh, so if you see videos, those um, we were expressly told to not do that. Yeah. But you know, good for them. Um, I'm going to follow the rules because that's that's uh, the type of guy that I am. So I, I tried to put a lot of pictures up there, and I think I, I think I got that one. It was a really cool uh, play right over the middle of the field and in the middle of traffic. And he Justin Fields made a few of those throws today. A lot of his stuff was pretty short. A lot of it was checked down because the first couple options were covered which is fine right i mean you know you don't want him thrown into traffic and practice because he'll do that in the games but um maybe not the uh a highlight reel worth of of amazing throws today but he made some solid throws and a lot of them were to mooney and mooney was pretty sure-handed so, so one thing about the offense you know i i saw some tweets from you and from other guys that 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 the the Luke Getzey style, the, the Shanahan style offense was on display. That that you guys noticed some some more out of the pocket bootleg stuff. Is is, oh, yeah. is that true out there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could tell that they were going to incorporate some play action. They they he booted him out a few times. There was one time where he booted out the throw wasn't there, so he took off. And again, no one's going to hit Justin uh, in, in you know at all in any of this camp. But yeah. um, you know, it was good to see him say. 
okay, I don't see it. I'm going to, I'm going to tuck it and run, even though, um, you know, he could just as easily try to force a, force a pass. Uh, and so, you know, the willingness to run with that elite speed that he has was good to see too, but yeah, they're, they're willing to incorporate the things that are going to take advantage of his athleticism and the things that he does well. That's exactly what we want. You know, of course, we can't see the play action game because that hasn't been part of it with, you know, they're, they're not live yet. But, but like you said, you know, it's all part of it. It's all the the timing of it getting down. You know, there are certain things they can do in, in seven on seven and 11 on 11. And, and then even with the uh, the one on one drills, Justin Fields was actually on uh, Bears All Access today on, on the way home. And he was talking about how, how important those one on one drills are because you get a chance to see them you know, specifically how they work their routes. And that's good for a quarterback. And again, we're talking about Justin Fields going into camp. You know, he knows he's the man now. He's getting all these reps. These reps are so critical for him, you know, this whole camp wide because he needs these moving forward. Yeah. And and honestly, I would transition over to Cole Komet if you want to talk about one-on-one. Let's hit it. The most impressive one-on-one today was Cole Komet beating Eddie Jackson with uh, Justin Fields as the quarterback, um, kind of a longer route. I think that probably would have been one of those where you know he's kind of maybe under pressure and, and kind of find it. Uh, Eddie kind of gave up on it and that he got called out on that. That was one of those. <laughs> um, and then there was a rematch round two. And it was, uh, I believe it was Peterman or Simeon. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember at this point. I have it in the tweet. Might have been Peterman. Um, and Comet uh, uh, just took him deep. Just, just ran up the seam and, and beat him pretty clean and, uh, you know, kind of stretched out for a really nice grab. It was great. And then a little later on in team drills, uh, Justin Fields – or no, this was the seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, Fields found him on his last pass. So uh, he had not had a great seven-on-seven. <laughs> seven. I think at that point he w- would have been four for nine. And the four that he had were all underneath throws. And he he went deep um, – uh, you know, in the middle of the field to to commit and commit came down with it. Honestly, it was the best play of the day, yeah. and and so Cole Komet just just really great in this practice. And so you hope that he's going to start stacking that together, and this this will uh, uh, forecast a really nice year for him. You know, I, I, I've been a little higher on Cole Komet than most. I just like what he brings to the table on the offense. And, you know, today there are a lot of Bears fans that are Cole Komet fans taking victory laps. But you know, this is one day. You know, still it's it's you know they're still working on things. Even Cole Komet said at his press conference afterwards that you know the offense still is a is a big work in progress. But but you look at Cole Komet down the seam. You know he he's 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 catching the ball. He's he's six foot five. He's six foot six. He's a big bodied guy, and a lot of fans look at him as he they think he's this lumbering guy. He ran a four seven at the combine. I mean, it's not like the difference in a four seven and a four six is like really small. Travis Kelsey's a four six guy. He plays faster. He looks faster on the field. I'm not saying Cole Komet's that, but Cole Komet's not just this uh, this old school lumbering Y. I mean, he has some speed, and if you use him correctly, where you can get him down the seam between zone coverage, that's a great way to use Cole Komet. Tight end is one of the hardest positions to yes. make an impact early. Yes, and so if you're looking at the, the trajectory of a tight end, this is when Cole Komet will make a leap if he's going to, and then there's nothing guaranteed, but this is the time that he's going to do that. And so if you want if you want to still get some chips on Cole Komet, now's the time to put him down because I think the price is going to start going up. 60 catches a year ago. I mean, he's yeah, he, he's fine. He's fine. So, hey, I'm going to take a quick commercial break here, and then we're going to jump back in uh, into some more stuff right after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back. This is T for Mission Conversation. I'm here with my, with my Baron Bounds co-host. You can find him uh, at Born. That's JB, of course. And I'm, of course, at WiltFongJR on the Twitter. Um, and look, we talked a lot about the, about the offense, but you know, defense probably won the day today, would you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think they had the upper hand. They looked a little better throughout the practice. Obviously, there's a little bit of give and take. And I, and I think what's funny at a training camp practice is that the – the the crowd always seems to cheer for the offense, right? Yeah. They want they want the offense, and it's like, well, those are our guys making the play over there too. So um, it's kind of fun when when a guy makes a good defensive play. Um, there are still a lot of good cheers, but I think they're overall you want to see the the big throws and the big catches. Uh, but but I would say that the defense had the upper hand today. So at the top, we talked about Tevin Jenkins missing practice. You know, it's kind of one of those things no one knows yet. Also missing practice today was Thomas Graham Jr., uh, who had been running with the ones at the nickel position. Uh, so today it was uh, rookie Kyler Gordon getting a tons of reps at the nickel. A lot of the beat guys were really praising what he did today. A lot you and, and Sam as well. A lot of the guys were just talking about how, you know, Gordon stood out and the coaches talked about him again afterwards. And, you know, Kyler Gordon throughout, you know, the OTAs was working outside. I guess the plan all along was to work him inside as well because they think he's the guy that can do both. Did, did Kyler Gordon pop for you today when, when, when at practice? Yeah, I, I mean, it was noticeable, and it was good to see that they're willing to do that and put a lot on his plate and feel comfortable with putting it. Right? I mean, this is two positions that they're asking this rookie to yeah. understand and know, and if he's able to master both of those, that gives – them so many opportunities to to shuffle guys around in the secondary um you know not just with injury things but you know hey the this this opponent that we have uh has a guy that's really great in the in the slot and he's a little bigger and so we don't really like that matchup with thomas graham because he's given up too many inches and so we're gonna we're gonna slide gordon in to try to take him away i mean those are really nice things to have and i think with brisker um, it, Dane Cruikshank was the uh, the guy on the the roster today. Yeah, uh, you know the the pictured guy of the roster. Strange, right? It is strange. But first but, day camp, that's the guy they picked to put it, out there. It was a little, it was a little odd. But if you think about it, the, the now you have a lot of guys in that secondary that maybe you feel comfortable uh, moving those pieces around a little bit, and and you're going to play more matchup football. So I'm I was really curious to see if today will lead to a game down the road where we see him. Uh, maybe line up more uh, or even primarily in the nickel to try to take away a slot receiver down the road. Yeah, I think he has that skill set. And our, our WCG colleague, Robert Zaglinski, he had a tweet earlier today that said, maybe they're grooming Kyler Gordon to be a guy that can kind of move around an, off, an offense and, 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 and take the guy that's a better matchup for him. Like you mentioned, with, with a guy like yep. Graham, who's not quite as big, you know, if, if the matchup's better with Gordon to the slot, He's shown he can do it now. Maybe this is what they're trying to do here. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good insight by Robert. Um, I, you know, I came to the same conclusion um, as well that you know, th- that that's really good thinking, and that we shouldn't be shocked because this is a you know this is a head coach who is a good defensive thinker, and if he's 
he's, he had the first two picks were defensive backs and and they probably have some idea of how they can in a, in a you know to challenge modern offenses you need modern schemes and modern players on the defense and i think that's what kyler gordon and jaquan brisker represent and i think that you're seeing maybe the the, the initial pieces being shown here that we're going to see come to fruition down the road you mentioned Brisker. A lot of talk about Brisker, you know, through the through the offseason and, and the stuff he did at Penn State was that he's a he's a, a guy they can play in the box. Right. He does more than that, though. He can cover oh, too. Yeah. I mean, he 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 is a he is a a good all around athlete. He's a good all around safety. Um, yeah, that the pairing with Eddie Jackson makes more sense to have Brisker kind of go up uh, up because you know he is a little more physical. But let's let's not take away his coverage skills too. So you mentioned Gordon. You know, uh, Brisker, Jalen Johnson at the other corner, Eddie Jackson, as much as he gets criticized, he, he can cover. So the secondary goes from last year was a train wreck. And now this year you're like, man, there's some pieces there. These guys could probably be one of the, one of the better you know, uh, uh, groups on the entire team. I think with with Gordon allowing you to maybe go into nickel in certain situations, with Brisker and Crookshank allowing you to play big nickel, where you have three safeties on the field at the same time. One of the most best defensive plays today was Eddie Jackson came off the edge, out of nowhere, came off the edge and, on a and, and had a pressure on a blitz. And I was like, okay, like this just might be, you know, the first sign that this is going. They're going to this is going to be the strength of the team. And they're going to use this in as many creative ways as possible to to mess with opposing offenses. And I'm just, I mean, again, it's one practice. It's the first practice that we're able to see. But I, I was left thinking, man, I'm really excited about this secondary. You know, I saw I saw that the tweet when you when you mentioned with Eddie Jackson off the edge, and you know, a lot of Bears fans right away look at this and say, that's not the Tampa two. Well, this is not the Tampa two. You know, the Tampa two. It's it's an evolved version of the Tampa too. So you know Eddie Jackson last year thrived when he was up playing in the slot as 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 a as a nickel so to speak. He thrives in that coverage area. So if you bring him up, that's where he's been comfortable. He can do that. You know teams have seen him do that. Now you blitz him off the edge, and if you trust your other guys, you have with Brisker, you know back. It opens things up for that defense. You look around the league, and there's plenty of guys that are doing that, right? Tyron yeah. Matthew, uh, Buddha Baker, right? They're, they're got, uh, you know, Jamal Adams as a as a, as a safety walking down in the box and and coming off Collins, the edge, right? A lot of these um, guys, yeah, yeah. And so, why not Bears, right? Like, why not us? <laughs> why can't we see <laughs> some of this happen in Navy and Orange? And I and I, so yeah, I'm getting pretty excited. I think having a, a defensive guy that is going to push the envelope and be creative. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm all for it. Let's use what we have to, to the best advantage for the bears. All right. So we're, we're I'm going to preface this again. This is the first first play. day, yep. the, the, the first day when the fans are there, but in your opinion, who was the best player you saw on offense today? Uh, Cole Komet. Um, I, I, I think he just had the best. I just, just stood out to me as having a great day, you know, uh, you know, separation away from Eddie Jackson, which was really impressive. Uh, and then coming down with that ball in the middle of, of double coverage. And uh, I just, yeah, I mean, just stood out. I mean, three great catches. And, you know, without those, Justin Fields has a terrible day. Yeah. Um, so with those, um, you know, you can kind of say, yeah, Justin did okay. You just used Cole Komet and separation in the same sentence. I know. From Eddie Jackson, who's not exactly a small, uh, 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 you know, a, a slow guy. Right. So I, he played well. All right. He had a good practice. That clip was on Twitter. I mean, like you mentioned, you know, you can't film it, but the people film it. So, so it was on there, and it did look like he put a nice little move on Eddie Jackson. You know, part of that is because, you know, these receivers, 
under Nagy wasn't, they weren't allowed to do certain things that I think they right. could thrive at. You know, I think with this new regime, the the little nuanced double moves, I think it it, it might it might make a make a difference this season. Yeah, and I think it was it was a double move. There was there was a couple times where a guy did like a triple move, kind of you know, and it was like, okay, that's not ever going to actually happen, yeah. happen in a game. <laughs> you know, like once I see that, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm ignoring that rep. And most of that was guys down down the board, right? These these are guys that are, uh, you know. 78th on the on the roster yeah. kind of guys uh, i saw that a little bit and I, I just kind of ignore that stuff but that was a legitimate route that he ran okay uh let's let's flip it over let's go best player on the defensive side of the ball that you I, saw this today. might surprise you but um lamar jackson <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so he had a really nice pass breakup early um it was on the far side of the field he had a he had a good pass breakup and he got up and kind of did a dance um and like guy had some moves and I was like, all right, that's kind of fun. Got the defense was really into it. And then uh, he had a pick, a really nice pick kind of laid out for it and got up and then ran it back. And and then he like, they celebrated the end zone. And I just was like, all right. Like, I mean, guy makes plays. That's what you have to do when you're, you know, that guy on the roster uh, to, to get some notice. And so I, I have to give him uh, his props today because he, he, you know, he had two great plays and um, really stood out to me. There was someone in in our Twitter mentions saying that he's a, a Cornhusker guy, and he said Lamar Jackson's a real deal. I mean, he hasn't had a chance to show up much in the NFL. I think he was with the Jets a little bit uh, as a rookie. He played, I think, you know, most of their games. But you know, the Jets, you know, a couple of years ago were were really bad. So you know, last year he was a practice squad guy, but you know, he's six foot two. You know, he's got some size to his game. He's, he's he seems like he's he's physical from the stuff I watched. I remember when he was coming out as, as a UDFA. I think it was EJ talked about him a little bit. And I mean, someone there's going to be a, an unheralded guy that comes out of nowhere. That you know, as fans that we you know we all like, oh, that's that, that's the next guy. But I mean, it's going to happen. We see it with teams all, all all the time around the NFL. Guys you don't expect to be players just become players. And that's and that's what opportunity gives you, right? Like if you had veterans stacked all over the roster, then you wouldn't have those opportunities. You wouldn't have those reps available for younger guys to maybe take advantage of that opportunity, right? And so you have a lot of young guys, and that's like you mentioned, Taylor's show. Um, you know, it's going to be focused all on these first contract guys. There's a potential for a lot of those first contract guys to be a major core piece of of this of this program going forward. And so you get to see the early stages of that, and that's what's really fun, right? Now, now Lamar Jackson might get cut next week. Who knows? Yeah. Like we don't know any of this stuff. Um, but you know, you see something like that. Guy makes a couple plays. And that can build some positive momentum and maybe earn a roster spot for the guys. So again, you, you know, you, you have to take each practice for what it is, but over the scope of what we're available, uh, able to see over the next dozen practices in the next, you know, four or five weeks, I think we can start to see and uh, who's going to step up and who's going to be part of this team long-term. Nice. So I, I do want to ask you now, you had, you had a, a breakfast tweet this morning Yeah. at, at, at Robbie Gold's, uh, Best uh, best bagel restaurant was this uh, in Vernon Hills there or where was it at? Um, I I don't really. I'm sorry. I'm gonna expose myself for not under, knowing the Chicago okay. suburbs very well. It's uh, Lake County. I'm. What was the name of it? Big it Apple. Big, Big Apple Bagels. I, I think uh, that's Vernon Hills right there. There. Well, no, it was south. I mean, it's south okay. of where I'm at. So, um, I mean, there might be multiple locations, yeah, but uh, there were there was no one there when I got there. I just, I was, I was like, Oh, this looks like a good bagel shop. Um, I pulled up. There's no one there. Uh, it's like a dead parking lot. 
And and I, I get in there, I'm like, all right, we'll see, you know, uh, ordered uh, locks, uh, which is what I always order at a bagel shop. And um, I look up and there's Robbie Gold, uh, well, not literally, but there's a, a the picture, picture of him. Yeah. And then it's it's framed and he has signed it. It says best bagels in town. So it, it, I haven't had a bagel in a long time and it was and it was good. So I would I would concur that, you know, it's, it's a good bagel shop. But um, I don't know much more than that. <laughs> I you know, just I, randomly I, found it. And then I got to ask you, you know, because you are from Iowa. So what did you have for lunch today? Anything uh, exciting? <laughs> Um, what I, we went out to, uh, a, a pub in Libertyville because that's, uh, like Sam's, yeah. uh, uh, stomping grounds. And, and was I it just, Bill's pub by chance? No, it was, um, okay. oh, shoot, sorry. Uh, that's I can't okay. remember now. Uh, okay. but, uh, the, the, everybody liked their food. Um, I had a pale ale, so everybody can be proud of me for, for not, uh, drinking a dark stout beer. It was nothing you know, with so, chocolate in it or no, 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 okay, just, okay. just, a, just a pale ale. So, uh, that that was good, and then uh, tomorrow uh, we should go do something more Chicagoish because I, I mean I can get a brew pub anywhere. Yeah, I, I need to get a uh, Italian beef or something. I mean, I, I I live locally. I live in Kenosha, right over the border. It's not like it's it's hard to get, but you know, it's I don't I don't do it often. So I think uh, tomorrow for lunch we're gonna have to take in something uh, something more uh, Chicagoy. I'm in. Okay, All right, sounds good. And that is uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you last thought. Any more thoughts before I I, I sign this off? No, I'm you know excited to take it in tomorrow with you, and and we'll see you know who else pops out, and you know just keep building on this narrative, and um, you know I, I think is if we can get as many people on, and we you know we'll cover the first three practices, and then we'll try to keep getting people on to help us uh, understand what's happening at camp and help understand uh, this first part of the Eberflu story. It's fun, it's fun, but that is it. This is T for Minutes conversation. Once again, you guys can follow JB at Gridironborn. Give me a follow on Twitter at WiltFongJR. You can follow the site at WC Gridiron. You can also follow our uh, YouTube channel at Second City Gridiron. So all the socials are there. Make sure you subscribe, link, follow, whatever it is. And uh, until next time, bear down, my friends.